Good morning, Pulse. Good morning. You guys don't say good morning. Maybe they did. Uh huh. Better. I was gonna get at you, but it's fine. Uh, good to see you all. Good to see some um, new faces this morning. Um, I'm glad to have you all here. Let me see if I can re-register with you guys like I do with um, the other set of people. Minister Goodness, Pastor Sandra, Pastor Laddie, Pastor James, Pastor, you know you Pastor, you guys have to come pastors now, Jesus. Evangelist Jaden, Evangelist Charlie, Evangelist William, Evangelist Bami, um, Marceline, is Marceline? Amanda, sorry, Amanda, and who's the next behind you? Precious, Amelia, Deborah, Zoe. Uh -huh. What's your name again? Omar? <laughs> Daniela, um, Isaac. What's your name again, Sudanese man? <laughs> Thomas, I know you, Thomas. Um, Ty. Thank you for getting a haircut, Ty. <laughs> and then we have to punish Pastor Debo for um, ruining his shape up for him. So it's Pastor Debo's fault. You know, Pastor Debo doesn't know how to cut his hair. So it's a strange territory for him. <laughs> Don't ever put your head in the hand of that man behind you. He doesn't even cut his own hair. It's by grace that he has haircut today. You cut these things out, don't worry, so that I don't sound this bad <laughs> when people are this. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure there's some confident, committed, resolved people this morning. Excellent. Um, it's good to have you all here. Um, of course, I need to be seeing most of you more often now, Amanda and, and Precious and Co. I'm sure you're part of the leadership now, aren't you? You, sh you guys should be part of Paul's leadership. Are you part of Paul's leadership? Why? So you have to raise your level. You have to get into the leadership. I want there to be so much more leaders because of what the work that we're doing now with the cinemas. Um, like I said in the last teaching, you're bringing in souls. So if you're winning souls you have to then say you're a leader you're no longer a soul it's impossible for someone like amanda to say she's a soul isn't it it's impossible for amelia to say she's a soul uh, it's been too long a journey for goodness to not tell me i'm still a soul sir so those will be very weird comments so we have to major on the fact that you guys are leaders and that was the tone of the conversation last week were you all in service on Thursday? I know you didn't get anything Peter was saying. It's fine. <laughs> it's very fine. So my job is very simple. Not today to break down that word. No, I'll break that word down to you in another time. I'll do just do my best to incorporate a few things from that word in here so that you walk away with something. It's not an excited service. It's a leadership class. So it is um, your notebook, your notepad, your recording, whatever you do to make sense of what I'm going to tell you this morning. Number one thing, everything is your fault. And one of the biggest problems we have in leadership is when we ask someone, why did this happen? Then there's so much explanation. I believe all of you are coming from a house. If it's the gold house or gold tower or love house, whichever house, house of medic, 
but when an issue springs up in your house do you notice how many how much explanation there is for the issue have you ever realized that someone then says you know what happened was and then there's so many points there's never anyone who says it's my fault now that could be for the reason of not wanting to get shouted at or not wanting to look like you made a mistake but everything is your fault as young leaders you should know that everything is in your control if you got into the best university it was down to you not because you met your mom in an all-night prayer and she put oil on your head if you don't get into your best university it was down to you it was not down to racism let us end the pulling the race card william and charlie are so overjoyed like yes let us kill that card amongst our generation it's not down to our race anymore despite that there is institutional racism but i want you to carry yourselves going forward as leaders who are prepared to take the blame you know that all your actions have consequences and your inactions the things you don't do also have consequences silence is also a language even if i don't answer it means i've answered i've chosen the point to not answer so someone says you're not talking to me sir and i said because i don't want to talk to you i don't have to talk to you it is not my duty to respond to you if i have a response then i will respond but as a leader in order not to look like a fool i don't have an answer for everything I don't have to say, ah, this is the answer for this. I'm not quick to respond. I take my time. So if everything is my fault, then I should be more conscious into decision making. One of the main things that I've realized is that it's decisions that decide destiny. And I say it to the guys in the house so often. That when you see a man in the job center at 50 years old looking for a job there is little blame for you to put on the government there is much more blame for you to put on the man because he's had 40 years of life he's had 45 years of life He's had 50 years of life and he's been making decisions that led him to the job center that morning. So in every generation, the poor will remain. That's what Jesus said. Don't think your leaders get at you because we just want to get at you. We just need you to know that your decisions take you somewhere. It is not your, your, your love for wealth oh i just love this rich life you can watch um is it the e channel or whatever channel where they display celebrity you can be an avid um follower of a of a celebrity it does not mean you will enter into wealth to enter prosperity and wealth it comes by decision making so spending loads of times liking kim kardashian's picture on instagram does not mean somehow through your likes you will inherit her wealth it does not mean 
that oh because i'm not a hater towards the rich i will become rich that's not how rich happens rich happens by decisions you chose not to buy a certain shirt because you could not afford it led you to still having 800 pounds but if you have 800 pounds and you buy a 750 shirt you're left with what 50 pounds it is not spiritual so don't expect to wake up the next morning and think that by wearing extra drip you're now extra rich i'm not against drip of course i'm a nation family pastor but i just need you to know that your decisions cost it's your decision the role of your leader will be to give you the option to pick allow you to make certain decisions but by presenting options to you because at this age you're somewhat still classed as adult you're adult you know that you can't be forced to do anything someone says i want to go to university but they're not committed to school they're not committed to studying so what then happens is they waste three years just to go around and tell people i'm in uni just because during a conversation when someone asks you what are you doing you can say i go to uni so you're just going to waste three years for the ability to answer someone with i go to uni but you're not actually doing university at all someone just wants to be able to go out on a weekend so they go to get a job there's nothing wrong with a job but what was your intention with the job is what matters what was your intention was your intention that this subway job is going to make me rich it's impossible then it pays five pounds an hour this is not spiritual and if you were promoted in subway someone said ah oh, sir they've just given me a promotion i promise you real story and so i asked whoa how far for the promotion they said they've added two pounds 90 to my salary and honestly i actually wanted to laugh but i had to quickly remember you are pastor Onye. you're one of the main leaders don't laugh at his salary come on sir but I could not even perceive that two pounds is actually a big deal salary addition. And then you're going to find that person in the next service praying for prosperity. I believe I'll be a millionaire. How? Your wage is seven pounds an hour. It is impossible for you to be a millionaire unless you have you go and ask the genie of the lamp for a thousand years of life and then you can accumulate seven pounds over a thousand years then maybe you get to millions but that's not me belittling job i'm just saying that decisions have to be acute so you know when it's time for you to have job then you know when you progress from job to career Job and career are two different things. Bami is not in a job. He's in a career. If he wants to progress in that career, he gets God involved in the career. He pays 
attention to the career and gains knowledge becomes more responsible within that workplace and rises up the right that's how career works so it baffles me when i went to the gym and the young man at the gym at the reception i said how long have you been at the gym and he said i've been working here for 25 years i said as a receptionist he said yes sir and i said i don't understand how these kind of people exist but we need them <laughs> who else would do the job so don't feel sorry for bad decision makers in your generation because you need them someone needs, still needs to be a bin man because i'm not speaking against bin man but what would happen to our precious bins if there's no bin man what would happen to our precious receptionists if there's no receptionist? So you must decide what elements you want to take up in your generation. It's your responsibility. I need you to know that as leaders, I will never look down on whatever profession you choose to become because the word was given to you to choose to be anything else. Whatever point you arrive at is because you made decision to arrive at that point. The same word makes billionaires and the same word makes paupers. Because of attention to detail to follow decisions, simple as. So everything is your fault because you hold the power to make decisions. Decision making is so important. At his time, it was Jeff Bezos that said, I hire the best of Oxford and Cambridge, the best of Harvard. I hire them to deal with most tasks in the company because there are split decision making moments that I need to save my mind for. Jeff was basically saying that in the whole workday, he may only work for one hour. That one hour was to make certain decisions that will take Amazon forward. His work time is just one hour. The carrying of the bricks and the blocks to build the, the building is not a problem for him. There are people to do that. You take up your own responsibility by the decisions you've made. How do I become better at making decisions? In order to be better at making decisions, you have to be humble enough to include. You have to be prepared to include someone who is wiser than you called your leader or your mentor. We're not asking for friendship with you. We're not asking to go out with you. We're just saying that our position here is leadership. If you choose to make a better decision, you can involve us in that. And I'm speaking to you like this because you too will be responsible for some people. So now can you imagine how big a burden it is to ask your leader, what should I do with 50 pounds? What should I do with a thousand pounds? Should I go to school or should I go to work? It is a big deal because it leads you to a final point. The easiest thing you can do is not involve your leader in your life. We don't lose out. The leader doesn't lose out. 
we get something called peace of mind knowing that you made the decision to enter that relationship you can enter into a relationship and think you're in love and not want to involve your leader but guess what they have peace of mind now that if anything were to happen to you in that relationship we can confidently sleep and say but we never asked you to go there I was like, now nah, I'm revealing all the things of leaders. You people will start texting for everything. Sir, can I go out? Sir, can I come home? No, not like that, please. <laughs> Just giving you how important leadership um, decision-making is. Decision-making is the epitome. It, it is what allows someone to arrive at a final point. I gave you an example of a man in the job center, even a beggar on the side road in London. This is not Nigeria. You see a beggar on the side road in London, there is a problem somewhere. Especially if he has hands and legs. He's not disabled. There is an issue somewhere because you're in an economy that even provides help for those who are homeless. Are you with me? So there's a wrong decision somewhere. And when you take them in to speak to them, if when those who speak as carers, they tell stories of bad divorce that took place marriages that should not even have happened that can crumble a man to his knees and finish him for life don't rush into the things in life that are permanent marriage is permanent why rush if the boy is disturbing you tell him hey my guy behave yourself because this thing you're asking for is a permanent issue it's a permanent matter if the girl is rushing, you say, hey, girl, calm down. What you're asking for is a permanent matter. I would rather leave time before I make this decision so I even know what kind of human being you are. <laughs> Not everybody is well, you know. I'm telling you. When you enter something that is permanent, the problem now is even with divorce, God still sees you with the person. Then you're living a half-life. You're no longer complete. So all your results become half. Everything. You try and go to 100, your result is 50. And you say, but I put in the efforts of 100 because but you remember, you're a 50% man now. Are you forgetting? And the girl tries to reach for the stars again and God said, no, no, no. Remember though, remember you're 50% now. Uh-huh. So, why, God, why is it that you scored me C in this exam? Don't you remember? We've capped you. You're in bottom set. Bottom set. Shame, bottom set. You people are capped at me. You can only get C. You can't come out with A star in bottom set. That's when I was in secondary school. I don't know if they've gone to change anything. You're capped. What the world may then do is just to make sure you sleep well at night, they'll give you a new qualification. This one is called distinction in something, something, something. It's a lie. You graduated from bottom step. You can take your distinction somewhere and get him to do something, but system is system. Real is real. It's leadership class. It's not preaching stuff, you know? Giving you the realities of what you see around you, this world. 
that everybody has been made to feel comfortable in a space so that they can do what the decisions that have led them there. The world makes it sure to bring comfort in certain zones to make sure that those people remain in those zones. Have you not ever asked yourself, why do you want to be on benefits? Have you never just asked yourself, when you see the benefits man, when you see the five pound man, have you not ever said, guy, why don't you just break out of this five pound thing? Why don't you just break out? Say lie. He will tell you, see my friend, at the end of this week, I get a check of £100 for doing nothing. By the time the month is over, the government has given me 1K. And I haven't done anything. Don't disturb me. And then you see that those who live in those environments of comfort, of poverty, they have the most kids because the only thing to now do is just be sleeping with your husband and wife every day. These are problems, but these are comforts that are designed by men. Men have designed these comforts so they don't break out. It's not that those people have much issue, even though they do, but it's designed that there are comfort zones at every level. So I want to speak to you about the ability to be limitless. I've been obsessed about I want to be limitless. I want to be limitless. I want to be like God. I want to be limitless. How do I become a limitless man? And I know it's possible because I see reference in scripture. When I'm shown Christ as an Adam, the last Adam, a man in this world, not in Venus or Mars, in this earth, limitless potential. I have examples before me of men who have taken nation. You can use a Pastor Toby as an example of a man who's taken nation. Came from a place of obscurity somewhere in Nigeria to London, UK. Subdue a nation with just preaching the word. That is a man that has subdued a nation. How do I become limitless? You see, Limitless is all about discovery. You're only limited to what you know per time. In the beginning of the world, they thought the world was flat. Then they had to discover that the world is actually round. How did they discover that? Someone has to journey into other side of the world someone has to leave their comfort zone someone has to build a boat do you know how frightening it would be for you to have see the sea or see the river not knowing the end of the river remember that everyone is telling you that the world is flat People are saying that at the end of this river, goodness, you will fall. There is no barrier there. You're just going to drop. And then a goodness disagrees and says, no, I will build a boat. A laddie disagrees and jumps on the boat. And then they ask you, where are you going? Do you have an answer? 
You have no answer because the world you are looking for has not even been discovered. That is how it feels to be limitless. You, you're not journeying into the known, but into an unknown space. But you have a confident commitment and a resolve that you will get somewhere. You want to challenge the resistance of others, the barriers of other people. And that's how we got to seeing the known world of today. An America discovered by a Christopher Columbus or whatever his name was, he had to journey out of Britain. Out of Britain into another country when he finally got there. Imagine being on a ship and not knowing how many days of travel you have. How do you pack for that journey? Honestly, how do you pack for that journey? How much food do you take? You don't even know how many days you'll be on the sea. <laughs> and what people have even told you is that there is no way you're going. You're just going to your death. You're going to die because at the end of this sea, sir, is empty space. So these men started challenging things and pushing barrier. They were pushing barrier to that space because they wanted to prove limitlessness. If I'm going to be limitless, I have to push against a resistance. So, your first thing you got to do is start to note down areas of resistance in your life. Now, it can be as little as this. If I'm to study the word, but I'm on my bed, I never end up studying the word. Your bed has now become a comfort zone. Your bed has now become a resistance. Can you imagine that bed has now taken up war against you? Some of you just saw your bed as a harmless thing. It's not harmless, you know. <laughs> it has been the difference between someone becoming a millionaire and someone becoming a pauper. Maybe you should have slept on a couch for years before you met a bed. Because bed decided to confine you to a space where you were no longer able to push. You open your book in your bed and all of a sudden sleep comes. But when you were on Insta, there was no sleep. When you were on socials, ah, oh, I just can't sleep tonight, you know. But you're on socials. <laughs> The moment the Bible comes, the, you open the word, you say, oh man, I'm feeling so sleepy. People will limit their results because of resistances in their life. The moment I can start picking out areas of resistance, then I can start testing myself against those barriers of resistance because I'm looking for what exists beyond it. Are you with me? You, you, your whole passion now will be what exists beyond this barrier of resistance. Or has it always been this way? Growing up, someone said to me that, wow, you just gave so much. I was in my mom's church when I gave 50 pound offering. And it's like they wanted to hand over the church to me. At that stage in life, if I remained there, 
50 pounds would have been a resistance level. But because I was able to journey into giving more, now I don't even know what 50 pounds achieves. But because I was able to push a resistance, push a barrier. So limitless is only because someone has been challenging borders. Someone has been challenging resistances. They said no ladies work in this kind of company. And you challenged it. They said no young person has ever been made a pastor. And you challenged it. They said no black person has ever had owned her own lab. From an Amelia, I'm looking at all the, all the resistance points in biochemistry or whatever. And I'm saying, I'm going to challenge all these resistance points because there's a space beyond it. They said no young lady has ever owned her own lab. No young lady has ever had a lab that is financed with a billion dollars towards coronavirus. No young lady has ever had her own design studio and worked with the best of designers. No, no young lady. And you're challenging resistant points because the only way to be limitless is not spiritual. The way to be limitless is to challenge resistances. The reason why you're not behaving like a limitless person, someone with endless potential, is because the areas of resistance that you've seen, you've decided not to challenge them. Are you with me? They said no African country can gain their independence and some men, by resolve and commitment, chose to challenge a resistance to prove that that is a result that can be achieved. I think it's Liberia that is the first liberated African country. So it's like the oldest country in Africa, I think. But how did it come? It came by challenging the resistance. How many things in your life are you challenging? And don't think that resistances are all painful things. No, they're only painful when you resist them. They can be things of comfort. They can be comfortable. They can be things that you thought were good. Meaning, someone says to me, I just like to get nine hours sleep, sir. Without it, I can't function. It's a lie. If you tried to push past that and get five to, to have four more hours to accomplish work, you will not die. But you see, it's so comfortable to dream the extra four hours. That's why some people's dream is dangerous. You don't know where they, where, what points of the night were you dreaming this thing. <laughs> For some people, it could have been in broad daylight of 7 a.m., but their eyes are still closed, so they now enter their dream. I will never trust a dream that comes to someone at 7 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> You're supposed to be up now. That's why I said to you guys one stage, I said, don't, if you have a leader that wakes up at midday, don't be careful, you know. Because you now ask yourself, Sir, is it that there's no one that needs you? 
in the morning is it that there's nothing you're doing and if the leader told you you don't understand i've just been in the place of prayer i've just been laboring in the place of prayer for you that's even more concerning like one who rightly said the world has already started its work from six the world is in operation in all its system in all its glory but your leader or you you are fast asleep isn't that concerning if we can start picking out these resistance points then we can start mounting war against them how do I mount more war I make a decision that that thing will no longer be my barrier of entry I no longer want to have this thing as a barrier, as a cap. So I will not want to live with a million pounds as a cap. I would not want to be in 2025. And you guys are given testimony of one million. It would be sad because if someone else has decided to make a journey, they will show me that there's more than one out there. So there is much to discover for the people who make that journey. There is much for them to gain, much for them to discover. That's what limitless life is for. If I want to prove myself to be a limitless person, I must always be challenging something. I want to constantly be challenging something, a narrative of something. It is important for me to make sure that I am not always comfortable. And I'm repeating these things just so you can get it into your mind that it's not every time when you feel good about something that is the right thing to do. Don't major your life on your feeling. You major your life on your feeling, you end up making bad decisions because the body is looking for comfort naturally. So then you ask yourself, have I decided to live with this as a resistance? This resistance as my life? Have I made a resistance my comfort zone? Have I decided to always pull the race card whenever I don't get a result? That's a comfort zone, my friend. Maybe you're just not good enough. I don't want to be hired into a job because I'm black. I want to be hired into a job because I'm good enough to be there. So I don't care for BAME, BAME crew. We're going to have BAME night. What is BAME night? You see white men wearing African clothes. Just Your boss will now wear African clothes just to make you feel comfortable. What kind of rubbish is that? I need my boss to know that I'm wiser than him. The guy, this is not a case of skin color here. I'm sharper than you. I'm better than you. And if you're not ready to challenge that resistance points, if you want to hide behind the comfort of the BAME, then you're going to be capped somewhere. I don't want to be made director of Aeon because I'm black. I want to be like a pastor bookie and show wisdom and show that I can counsel my boss. I can lead those who are meant to be my superior. I can lead them. And then I can be elevated because I lead them, not because I'm a woman. 
so we've just decided not to fight against certain resistances thinking that they are just going to be there that they can't be challenged but the challenge for you to rise as a leader would be how many things did you challenge you mark your leadership by your private battles and your public battles that's how you mark your leadership so that you can take people into places that they never thought existed I don't think if Charlie ever met me, I don't think if Charlie didn't find me, would he ever live in a house like this? I, would, I choose to believe it may not have happened. But if he meets a leader that is challenging something constantly, challenging the narrative, have they ever seen young people lead a company? So we have to challenge that narrative. The director of every IT company is a big man somewhere. Let's have a 22-year-old. Let's, let's prove that 22-year-olds can lead companies. And it doesn't have to be a, a what's, what do they call these things? It doesn't have to be some digital app. It can be proper company. Hold on. So it is very important for us to know that our job as leaders is to constantly challenge these narratives around us that are holding us down. They are resistance points. Don't just accept them as words. They are resistance points. So how do I become limitless then? Let's read the first scripture. I will speak of your statutes mm -hmm. before kings. Okay, um, where are we reading from though? Psalms 119, sir. Okay. Is that, there's only one mic, okay. Okay, so Psalm 119, verse 47, let's start from there. For I delight in your commands uh -huh. because I love them. Uh -huh. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees Remember your word to your servant, mm -hmm. for you have given me hope. Okay, so is that in the NIV? Yes, sir. Read that. Read the 47 again. For I delight in your commands. Um, David says, I delight in your commands. We're trying to find what helps us to break barriers of resistance. So you're noting that first scripture down as one of your tools to break barriers of resistance. It says, I delight in your commands. You see, the only way for you to break resistance now is if we take the red pill. I think I, I got that from the matrix. There's a, there's a point for us to make a decision if we're going to take the blue pill or the red pill. The red pill is going to lead you into a journey of God knows. <laughs> but the blue pill is just for, to allow you to remain in your comfort zone. David says, I delight in your commands. Read Psalm 119 verse 96. To all perfection, I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. So this is very interesting. Now David goes into this. He says, to all perfection, meaning everything around him he sees has a limit. 
But what else again? But your commands are boundless. So your commands, God's commands are boundless. God's commands are limitless. You want to write that down. God's commands are limitless. Everything else has a limit. Boundless meaning it breaks through boundaries. It has no bound. It has no resistance points around it. No resistance level around it. His commands are boundless. So now we begin to understand a bit more about David because he does not want to be limited. He wants to be a limitless man because already in his life, everything proves that he should not be a king. He comes from a poor family. His dad is a shepherd. He too is a shepherd boy. There is no royal blood in his vein. He is very far from the royal family. He is not a cousin of the royal family. He is not a nephew of the royal family. He's not even a friend of the royal family. He's very much out of the picture. And so David starts to reveal to us the things that allowed him to break through these limitations that existed around him. One of those huge limitations would be how can you be king if you're not already part of the royal blood? Psalm 119 verse 96, read it again though. To all perfection. To all perfection. I see a limit. I see a limit. But your commands are boundless. But your commands are boundless. Read the next one for me. That is Psalm 119 verse 131. The unfolding of your words give light. Yes. It gives understanding to the simple. Yes. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. So, look at this guy now. He has already made us know that God's commands are limitless. Now, in the next verse, David, David lets us know that he's now addicted to this command. I want you to read this scripture exactly as it's in front of you. Read it again. The unfolding of your words yes. gives light. Yes. It gives understanding to the simple. Uh-huh. I open my mouth. I open my mouth. This thing is like the red pill. I open my mouth and what happens? And pant. David becomes addicted to the thing that he's tasted before. He's tasted the result of God's command. This command allows you to be limitless. So if I said to Zoe, I have this pill, you know, Zoe wants you to take this pill. You're jumping from buildings, you're flying in the air. <laughs> you're doing somersaults all the way to the front of the gate and you can outrun a Lambo. <laughs> She may not believe me, but if she then takes that pill and does that, then she comes back and says, whoa, you got any more of that stuff? She becomes hooked. Isn't that how drugs work? The guy that's intoxicated with drugs, he thinks he's doing the most. Really, he's just like, uh, like that. But in his mind, he's doing the most. It's a false perception, but in his mind, he's doing the most. 
so he asks for more he becomes addicted he asks for more so this is what david says go on i open my mouth and i open pants, my mouth and pants longing for your commands longing for your commands meaning that david has tasted the results of the commands so there is something to long for longing for your commands go on is that it yes sir tpt read it in tpt for me break open your word within me oh i love this okay so this is that scripture i love it go on until revelation light shines out break open your word within me I've, he's taking in something he's saying i need this thing to break open inside me he's used to taking it and he's become an addict of it go on read on pastor those with open hearts mm -hmm. break open your word within me mm. until revelation light shines out yes those with open hearts are given insight into your plans yes i open my mouth uh -huh. and inhale the word of god this is sounding so um addict though addict stuff like he said i open my what mouth i open my mouth and what happened and inhale the word of god okay this is now like someone who's smoking something he said i open my mouth and i inhale go on the word of god because i crave the revelation <laughs> of your commands so it's become a big deal now so david has been exposed to something that makes him beyond human He's been exposed to something that makes him beyond mortal. He's no longer given mortal results. His results of yesterday are no more. Whenever I take this thing, I always seem to produce a better result. So he became addicted to the commands of God. And he's speaking about it here as an addict. First, he says, my mouth, like he's swallowing something. Now he's saying so I can inhale like he's smoking something meaning David wants this thing to go straight into the blood. No, no time wasting. I love the result of these commands. So my own question many times now will now be what are these commands though? Because your own excitement now should be what are the commands? Because you can now see the kind of results the commands bring. If I'm going to be a limitless man, if I'm going to be a man that can challenge resistance and always break through, like the market's breakthrough resistance level, if you want to be able to break through levels of resistance, I must have his commands. His commands are my guarantee to break resistance points. If there is a resistance against me that is saying, a woman or a man should not achieve this but you see if i inhale his command if i ingest if i swallow his command i am sure to bring a result that breaks that resistance are you with me the obsession to break a resistance point comes if you're an addict of his command god's command are boundless they are limitless. They are designed to break borders. They are designed to not be put into a zone. They cannot be confined. 
God's commands cannot be confined. I need those commands if I'm to be a limitless man. I'm obsessed to become a limitless man. I want to be limitless. If I'm to be limitless, then I need those commands. David, you need to sort me out. You need to sort me out with that fix of his commands that made you push through. A shepherd became a king. Can you record that? A shepherd became a king. Can you understand that? That there is nothing you're going through in your life right now that is a resistance like that. It is taking you from one level of society into the topmost level of society, but I made that travel by the commands of God. Go to Psalm 147 for me. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. Yes. His understanding has no limits. It, this scripture says God's understanding has no limit. Just affirming to us that within God is this limitlessness. It is only from him we can take the ability to be limitless. But it's hidden in his command. I need those commands if I'm to be like God and be limitless. Read that scripture for me again. Psalm 147 verse 5. Great is our Lord. Great is our Lord. And mighty in power. Mighty in power. His understanding. His understanding. Has no limit. Unbelievable. Imagine someone saying Zoe's understanding has no limits. It would only be that Zoe has been taking those commands. It would only mean that Amelia has been taking those commands. She's been inhaling those commands. She's been getting high from those commands. The highness is confidence. When you take those commands, you become confident. You don't believe there's a barrier in front of you. Have you seen someone that is high on drugs? He sees a window and he uses his head to smash the window. Why, sir? What's up? In his mind, this window cannot do nothing to me. He's gone. He's, he's somewhere else. The drug has made, led him to believe what is not true. Because then he starts bleeding and he ends up in hospital. But God says, no. My command will make you break through areas where you should not have been. Someone says, it is not possible for you to make a million without not having savings. Make sure you do have savings. I've never had a saving my whole life. Never had a saving my whole life. But his command. So as a leader, once I face something or if I see something that poses itself as an impossibility, I'm just asking myself, do I have the commands? Do I have the word? That makes me see this thing as nothing. Go on. Great is our majestic and mighty Lord mm -hmm. and abundant in strength. Yes. His understanding is inexhaustible. Wow. Infinite, boundless. <laughs> His understanding is inexhaustible. Infinite. 
and boundless. I want to be a limitless man. I don't think you understand. My own obsession throughout the week is I want to be limitless. I want it to be that an encounter with me is like an encounter with God. There was a man who worked in the courts of David. His name is Ahithophel. And it said that Ahithophel was so wise. When Ahithophel speaks, it's like prayer. You don't even need to pray. You just need to go and speak to Ahithophel. He speaks exactly like God. So the day David's son wanted to fight him, Absalom, what did he do? Absalom was a handsome, very handsome man and the whole of the kingdom loved Absalom and it puffed up Absalom to the point where he said, I want to fight my dad and get the kingdom. So what did he do? He went and took Ahithophel from David's courts. He took David's main strategy man. This man's wisdom is, is said that and the words of Ahithophel is like the words of God. That's in your Bible. Meaning that if this guy opens his mouth and says, surely do this, this and this, it is sure. <laughs> you know, before the fight, David then had to pray. Because David knew that his son will win because he has this man on his side. So David's only prayer to win that battle was, Lord, confuse the counsel of Ahithophel. Meaning that when Ahithophel is talking, make my son not hear him. Do you know that's the only way David won? <laughs> there, is an, a, there is a potential inside you or you have the ability to be limitless infinite in all reason and in all understanding you can be i can give you another example we spoke of him last week this man called daniel a whole kingdom doesn't know the translation to something daniel just says listen my god is a revealer of secrets he's infinite he's limitless he will tell me the dream of the king and the secret to these words and God did so. There is a way one can be limitless. You don't have to be confined to a zone and make it your comfort level. Don't let them bury you in a casket that you didn't make for yourself. They can make casket and confuse you to think it's a bed. It's a casket. Zones of comfort that present themselves as places where you should lie. It's places where you should run from. Oh, you know I can't do this because I'm a girl though. You know I can't reach to this point because you know I, I wasn't in a gang so I don't know how. No. You know I'm not sharp at this because my mom is like this. You know my dad didn't do this so I tend to be like this. These are good resistances to name. But there are more reasons for you to break through. You should be the first of everything in this generation now. If there were limitations in your family, you should be the first of, of breaking through. You should set example that there's nothing like generational curse. You hear about generational curse. My mom is divorced, my, her own mom is divorced and the mom before her is divorced. <laughs> 
So I'm just praying, oh, I don't know how it will end up for me. These are resistance points, but they are there to be broken if you receive the commands. No one in my family has ever been to school. No one has ever been to Oxford. We're not usually smart in my family. That's, these are crazy, good crazy statements. Meaning they're legitimate because there is history. But resistance is there to be broken. The more something repeats itself, the stronger it is to break. Resistance points get stronger if they repeat themselves. No one in my family for the last how many generations has ever been a millionaire. It is a resistance point, yes. But it can be broken. You see, my dad always struggles with getting a job. Yes. His father also is, is jobless. His father before that. So I tend to be a bit slow, sir. It's a lie. It is true. It is a resistance. Its strength is there because it's repeated itself generation over generation. It's like the stock market. When something comes to a certain point, it proves to be an area of resistance. A crypto, a Bitcoin or a currency has not broken this level since 2009, so the news will say. And because it's not broken this level since 2009, it means when we get there, we're going to fail. No, but it's there for it to prove now. Can it break the resistance? So the intrigue then remains, like I said, the command of God that allows us to break resistance and become limitless. This thing is what you need to be like God. This is it, guys. This is what you've needed to be beyond Thomas, be beyond a small young boy that someone said, this young black boy cannot really do this. He's not, he does not look like he should be here. But you receive commands today, the command today to break those resistance. Are you ready for that word? Are you ready for a word that can break you past those resistances? We don't want, I don't want to speak to you on excited things. I want to give you the things that are real from scripture because you're of the age. You are leaders now, not kids. You are responsible now. You're not souls. You're responsible. You're held on accounts. You're not allowed to, to, to just palm it off, palm off responsibility. No. You're responsible. Let's start from Leviticus 22. Go to Leviticus 22 verse 31 for me. Or did you have something you wanted to read? No, I've got Leviticus uh -huh. 22. From verse 31. Yes, please. Keep my commands and follow them. Keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. So, from the beginning or from as long as we know, God's obsession for us to be able to really achieve results and not be held down by anything, it says to you, keep my commands and follow them. Someone will tell you that these commands are the Ten Commandments. 
it's not the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. I've stolen before. I don't know about you. When I was younger, I used to steal um, sweets and things like that. That's stealing, Abby. Yeah, there's no difference with sweets and stealing from the bank. Stealing is stealing if it's a command. <laughs> so imagine if these are the commands. Imagine heaven if these are the commands. You're seeing one little kid at the front of the line and you're seeing one hard criminal and they're meant to be judged the same. Isn't that so stupid? Got people saying, oh, thou shalt not steal. Imagine so, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not steal. Ma, it's impossible that me stealing sweets, I'm going to hell with this guy that just robbed 10 billion from a bank. So this cannot be the command. Scripture makes it very clear. This was just to show us that we cannot actually do certain commands. That's why God said, I place these things to show you. You can't obey them. Go on. Proverbs 3, verse 1 to 2. Yeah. Proverbs My 3. child, uh -huh. if you truly want a long and satisfying life, yes. never forget the things that I've taught you. Okay. Follow closely every truth that I've given you. Mm -hmm. Then you will have a full rewarding life. Mm. Hold on to loyal love and don't let go. Yes. And be faithful to all that you have been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written upon your heart. That's how you will find favor and understanding with both God and men. You will gain the reputation of living life well. I need you to keep that proverb because you're going to go back there for me, actually. Mm -hmm. First, now go to John 5. And then I'm going to join that with that proverb. It's very important. He said, let love and faithfulness never leave you. That's the proverb we're going to read from the proverb. But go John to the John, 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 15, John, 15, John 15. Sorry, John 15. John 15 verse 10. If you keep my commands, mm -hmm. you will remain in my love. Yes. Just, I, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So Jesus says, if you keep my commands... You will remain in my love. Please, let's say this together. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my what? Love. He said, you will remain in my love. If your mind is like mine, you're already clocking what's going on. You're thinking, oh my days. He said, if you keep my commands, remember the commands are this pill, is this thing. Once you've ingested it you behave limitless and another addict here speaking said if you keep my commands you will remain in my love and then he speaks from a place of i've been here before guys what's that thing they call it the when the addicts are gathering in the table and they're all confessing to each other rehab <laughs> so this verse 10 is rehab look it says if you keep my commands you remain in my love just as I have kept my father's what? Commands. And remain in his love. So there is this thing called love. This love thing is what's in that command. It makes you behave limitless. 
we will get to the final point but it's love someone is saying how does love make me behave limitless though Jesus says if you keep my commands you will remain in what's that if you keep my commands you will remain in my love just as I he gives example as through him he says just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love if you look at the life of Christ the commands that he kept was it the ten commandments no because he was even accused for breaking the law on the sabbath day when he was walking and eating with his disciples they say why are you doing this on sabbath this cannot be a, a good teacher you're breaking law so the commands are not the ten commandments what then are these commands that keep me in his love go to the love your neighbor thing go to that scripture for me the command of god is this love the lord your god what's the scripture before that mark Reverse. 12 30 to 31 30 we start from 29 the most important one answer start from Jesus. 28 one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating yes noticing that jesus had given them a good answer <laughs> he asked him of all the commandments which is the most important now this guy doesn't know what he's saying guys remember we followed david and he's talking about these commandments these commands david attributes his whole life the limitless exploits of david slaying a giant at the age of 13 as a kid he attributes it to these commands now this man is asking here of all the commandments which is the most important this man is asking about 10 commandments but you see he's asked about the commandments now the addict will soon respond <laughs> are you ready to hear from him go on the most important one answered jesus is yes. this hear o israel so jesus now wants to give the most important command yeah the lord our god the lord is one uh-huh love the lord your god he said love the lord your god uh -huh. with all your heart with all your heart and with all your soul and all your soul and with all your mind and all your mind and with all your strength oh my day yeah. <laughs> i don't know when cg will be able to clock this but make sure you listen to this word properly he said Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and with all your strength, meaning with your whole person. That's, he's just talking about love God with your whole person. If I love God with my whole person, verse 31, the second is this. Uh-huh. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. You know when I when I used to read this when I was younger, I used to think this is so boring though. 
this is not the form part of God. I didn't know this is like the whole secret thing. This is the whole, this is what exposes everything. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh-huh. There is no commandment My greater God. than these. There is no commandment greater than this. Hey, what happened to all the Ten Commandments? I'm sure in your mind, you've been worshipping God, living life, doing your thing in the nation family, and you're thinking the command is to sow. The command is not to sow. Or the command is to be in the word of God. The command is not to be in the word of God. The command is to love the Lord your God with all your mind. All your strength. You see, when you take this command, oh my God. When you ingest this command, when you inhale this command, what happens to Precious? She starts to do things that cannot be recorded because of love. Have you ever seen someone in love? Even if it's in a film, you can't anticipate a lover's behavior because it is a love-drunk behavior. They're going to do things unexpectedly. <laughs> so how can God confine you with laws when he just has to give you the pill of the command of love? Love will force you to do things beyond your comprehension. That's right. Reckless love. So when you're singing about reckless love, it is a pill. It is not a feeling. Reckless love does not make me worship with my hand held high. It's not its purpose. Its purpose is not to make me roll on the floor in worship. Reckless love leads me to reckless behavior. If I've not been reckless in my space, then I'm not in love. A reckless love. So David has this love. Oh my God. Understand David. He's been eating this pill of this command before the command was made. David does not know about um, the um, Ten Commandments. He's not got time to go through that. All he can shall tell you is I am in love with this God. I have eaten the command of love. And from there... God makes me do all he wants me to do. <laughs> Goliath presented himself to the whole nation. But unless someone was madly in love, they would not be moved enough to take down Goliath. There was a whole army in front of him, you know that? Saul raised a whole army to face this giant. But it's going to take someone who is madly in love to not stand the words of the giant. <laughs> then he goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you know why this is important? Because if you can love your neighbor like yours as yourself, you'll be forced to deliver solutions for your neighbor. 
So the, it's like the world is eating more of the pill of God's command than us. They come with solutions for world because of people. The church has made people very much concerned about themselves. It's the command I'm looking for, but Jesus gives me the command here. From one addict to another, he says, your whole day will not be judged unless you're in this command. Let me rephrase that. Someone wants to know what am I permitted to do and what am I not permitted to do? The things that hold you back are because you're aware of resistance. What holds you back is you're aware of what someone will say. What holds you back sometimes is you're aware of how you'll be perceived. But if you had ingested love as a command, the reckless love would have made you do what is right anyway. However you arrive at the result of that thing would have not been an issue because love drove you there. How do I know this scripture is correct? Read John 3.16. For God so loved the world. What made God limitless? God has made the world for human. From the beginning of time, he's not participated with human. He remains God in the heavens. Humans remain human on earth. But look at this scripture here. For God so loved the world. For he so loved. That what happened? That he gave his one and only son. So this action can only be done. Why? Because he loved. But look at how risky this action is. He gave the one and only. See, he would not give his one and only if there is no love there. Are you, are you hearing me? Love is the command that allows me to be limitless. The resistant points of not sending my son because it's my one and only will be broken because I love the world. Because I love my neighbor I'm going to do something on behalf of my neighbor. It will not be profit that drove me to act. It will be love. From love, there will be profit. That's how this whole world was built around you. <laughs> Maybe you're not getting what I'm saying. Limitless means that I have embodied love. The only one thing that cannot be held back, it's so fierce, is love. Love is an attack. It is a sword. It is a, an attacking formation. Have you seen someone in love with crypto? Have you seen someone in love with blockchain? Have you seen someone in love with people? You can't force him to go to bed. He's going to stay up watching market all day long until the point where he finds a solution for that thing. It's love. Everything that poses as limitation around you remains limitation unless there is a love that allows you to be reckless enough to break resistance. If I don't break resistance, it's because I have not loved enough to break through. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying, leaders? That this love is not the love of boyfriend and girlfriend. It is not the feeling called love. So please disregard the feeling called love. Don't now say to yourself, I don't, I need to feel this love that breaks resistance. It's not a feeling. It is a command. This love is done in all consciousness because it's a command. You don't need to be possessed by the Spirit and spin all around in a circle and fall and say, I've received the command of love. No, it is a command. The same way the command says, do not steal, is the same way this command says, love. So the moment when I am intentional and I am adamant and I am resolved not to do or to do, I trigger love. <laughs> Commitment and resolve to follow the, an, an instruction triggers love. That love is what lets you push through now. Breaking through all barrier. <laughs> go to... Go to um, John 2, verse 1, John chapter, 2nd John, sorry. And this is love. So that's 2nd John chapter 1, verse 6. Uh-huh. That we walk in obedience. Oh my God. To his commands. It says, so this is love. Just to reiterate what I was saying to you. Love is not the feeling of your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or your job, or your whatever you're doing, your, your business. It says, and this is love. Uh-huh. That we walk. That we walk here means that we live. Uh-huh. In obedience to his commands. We live in obedience to his commands. But what was his command? To love him and love your neighbor. Simple. You do those two things and you're safe. You do those two things and you're breaking resistance. You're limitless. Do you understand? As you have heard from the beginning. Oh my God. His command is that you walk in love. His command is that you live in love. So it's not live in love. <laughs> it's you live in love. How do I explain this though? So difficult. It's not the feeling of love. Because when you read this, you're thinking, oh, I must, I must walk in love. There was a time when you would read this and you say, oh, you start greeting everybody. Good morning, sir. Mm -hmm. Oh, good morning, Ma. How are you? No, that's not what he's talking about. The love thing is that you love your neighbor and you love God. You're prepared to be reckless for those two people. Your neighbor and God. No matter what it takes, you're ready to be reckless for those two things. Or sorry, those two people. So it's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's not, oh, walk in love. And now everyone starts to hug each other. And now you never get angry again. You know when you read the scripture and you, you, you said, oh, I'm just going to stop being angry. And then someone poked you and then you got angry and said, ah, why can't I just walk in love? That's not what he's talking about. <laughs> he's not talking about that. He's saying that there's a type of way to live. In the command, the pill, in, uh, some 
some of these drug addicts, they, they live high all the time. Constantly on the high. Substitute that high with love. That's what he's talking about here. The voice translation, sir. Go on. Love is defined by our obedience to his commands. Uh -huh. This is the same command you have known about from the very beginning. <laughs> you must live by it. You must live by it. It is the same command you've heard from the beginning, meaning there is only one command that allows you to be limitless. It allows you to break through the prejudice of culture. Cultures will tell you, you're not supposed to be here, Amanda, don't go there. That your auntie is a witch, don't shake her hand. Be shaking her hand, nothing do you. What, what, she's a human being. Say, my, your auntie is a witch, you know, the, really? Fly, fly, let me see you. <laughs> In stupid nonsense things that they bring into keep you in a resistance, spookalizing words and making ghosts appear where there are no ghosts, making fiction out of things that are not even there. It's, it's crazy. You know, ah, oh, wow, for you to get into Oxford, man, it's not a big deal. Oxford is even doing BAME recruitment now. These days, you can get into Oxford if you're black. Just get A and be black. They'll bring you in. It's not a big deal. Don't, don't make some things look like it's mighty, uh, mighty acts of God. It's not. You're now in a time where you cannot even brag about, I went to Oxford University. Don't do that. You want to tell us you went to Oxford. There are human beings there. Is Oxford teaching aliens? Who else should be there? Is it not people that are there? Okay, so why is it a brag? Uh, just uh, got into your outfit. And, uh... <laughs> no, guy, fix your mouth, talk properly. It's not a brag. The lecturers there are teaching people two eyes, two legs, two hands. So the world around you will create all these things to make you feel like there is a resistance in front of you, but you see this thing called love. It makes one not see clearly. It makes one so blind. So he says that we can judge your walk by... Okay, let me reverse this. We can judge how much you're in love by your walk. When you see someone taking cautious steps, I'm from Camberwell, I cannot be a lawyer, I'm from Camberwell. The best of us are in Molly's frying chicken and chips. Nothing great comes from Woolworth Road. It's not true. But if there is someone walking in love, we can judge your love by your walk. Someone says they're in love, but they're not reckless. They're walking so perfectly. When you see a drug addict, it's very easy to know by the way they walk. You see a nitty on the street, you know that's nitty for real. You see someone high, you know they're high. I preached in Tulsa Hill to people who are high, sitting at the back, and I just know, this is when Pastor Stephen first came, I know this guy is high right now. Because he's not responding to the word. 
I can tell why by the person's behavior. So to you for this scripture. You can tell that David is the only one in love by the way he challenges Goliath. No one is ready to put up the challenge. But this guy is in that love. He's in that command. The only command for you to ingest and inhale and take in is the command of love. We can judge from your behavior if you're really in it. You want to read something for me? Go on. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God. Oh my God. Does not and never did know him. The one who... Go on, read that again though. The one who does not love... The one who does not love... Has not become acquainted with God. Okay, look at this. Imagine God saying, for you to know me, you have to have taken this thing. So you know what makes some people not ever meet God? Not ever get to know God? It's because they don't want to partake of the same thing he lives on. So when they see him, they can't identify him. They're surprised by the actions of God when they see God because they expected God to be a certain way. But you don't understand, love made God send his one and only thing into a place of risk. And these people are not ready to take risk. When you're not ready to take risk for your business, your company, your house, your school, you're not ready to risk it all. Three years of your degree, you're not ready to risk. You don't want to put everything down and come out with the finest of grades. Then when God comes in front of you, you can't identify him. Because he's a risk taker. The love makes God move a certain way. There's a way Jesus walks. There's a way Jesus moves. There's a way Jesus behaves. He's constantly in love. The recklessness of love makes Jesus do things like tell someone, if you're on your last meal, feed me. The woman was on her last meal. Elijah said, feed me. She said, Lord, if I eat this one, it's just for me and my son. We were prepared to eat it and die. Oh, but because there was a love there, he said, feed me first. Forget you. Feed me. You would not understand those kind of actions because you've not yet been in the love. Huh? No, they don't have access to it. If you've not been in that love, you would see it acting and not know its behavior. You will call it the world. You will see a man rise up and say, we believe the governments are evil and wrong and we're going to make a new currency for the people and you will call them the world. You're crazy. Love made them burst out with new money, digital monies, and you call it world. How? You're seeing God act around you and you're denying his behavior because you're not part of those who are high on love. You don't take those commands. You don't ingest them. David said, I inhale. David said, I inhale these commands. It's what makes David ride out on an enemy. It makes, this is what makes David never back down from war. 
God tells David, go and slay this nation for me. David is out acting for God because he's always on this one drug. David is not concerned about the law of covetousness. It is stupid. The law of love, the command of love will make you obey all laws that are to be obeyed in that time, in that now. It would allow you to break free from the resistant points and find new worlds. New worlds that you're held back from because why you don't have the drug that breaks resistance. If I'm to be limitless, then I should be obsessed by God and people, simple, and I'll be a madness. Very simple. Don't make this thing too much more than what it is already. Ah, the, your skirt is too short. Ah, your skirt is too long. If you were in love, you would have worn the right skirt. Forget all this short and, and, and long and all these. Forget that. Love will allow you to remain in his behavior. It is that drug that allows you to be him. So I, I believe if you go to 1 John chapter 4, start from verse 5. So we can read the see the importance of this drug, this command. David was bragging about this command. Your, your command is boundless. But David didn't want to tell us what the command is. Scripture starts to reveal it. Um, 1 John chapter 4. Um, chapter 4 from verse 5. Go on. They are from the world mm -hmm. and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. Okay. And the world listens to them. Mm -hmm. We are from God. Yes. And whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever knows God listens to us. He didn't talk about Christians. Did he say whoever are Christians? Go on. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. Go on. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth. This is how you recognize the spirits of truth. This is how you know someone who is called and someone who is not called. is by their behavior, the spirit that forces them to move and to be. Go on. And the spirit of falsehood. Yes. Dear friends. The spirit of falsehood that is rampant in the church and in many places in the world. It is that spirit that tells you to be confined to comfort zones. Go on. Dear friends. Uh -huh. Let us love one another. It says let us love one another. Uh -huh. For love comes from God. <laughs> Everyone who loves has been born of God and everyone, knows God. Everyone. How, who, who did it say? It said everyone. It said everyone. Everyone who does what? Loves. Who loves. Remember that love is not a feeling. It's the command. So everyone that shows you to be loving God and loving people. Go on. Has been born of God. Has been born of God. And yes. knows God. And knows God. Whoever does not love. Whoever does not love. Does not know God. Does not know God. Because God is love. Because God is what? Love. Likataya Bahanda. It said that God is love. So all this time, David has been eating this drug called God. Have you ever watched that movie called Limitless? It's a pill. The guy ingests this pill and everything in his mind starts to spark. 
everything starts to light up everything starts to work every part of the brain that was dull becomes alive there is this drug called love it is God it is God and if I become accustomed to taking that drug taking that pill ingesting and inhaling being committed to follow the command of the drug how do I follow the command of the drug I have to be intoxicated by the drug to follow its command you cannot follow the ways of love if you're not full in love you have to take the command you have to accept that command that Jesus gave when they asked him what is the greatest command they thought he would tell them don't be an adulterer he did not say that he said if you can be obsessed with your whole mind your whole body your whole strength everything if it can be obsessed with God and people you will become love go on Amplified. for God is love yes he is the originator of love for God is love he is the originator this thing is not the feeling called love this thing is not I love you this thing is not I'm in love with you it's not that this thing is something called love it is God it forces a reckless behavior it forces reckless attitude the recklessness it forces is you're just against every resistance that is in your life because once you take that thing you you just believe you're just like God you're just doing what God would do because he loves people for God so loved the world for he so loved he's so full of that love he did something that he would not do if he was in his right mind does this make sense to you if he's not full of love he's not going to make the decision to send the one thing that he does not have a backup for he did not ask what if Jesus gets corrupted he just sent him it's the act of love love just does that and you will know someone's walk if they're in love by the way they behave you will see they treat their uni like it's the last chance decision making moment they treat their house like it's last chance decision making moment they treat their company their business they know the responsibility their business has amongst people they know the responsibility their house has in the word in god in the church they know the responsibility the the place that they play and so they're moving reckless at any point any given time go on Pastor. by this the love of god was displayed in us by this the love of god was displayed in us in that god has sent his one and only begotten son <laughs> The one who is truly unique. The only yes. one of his kind. The only one of his kind, he took a risk and a gamble with him. If you're still living yourself, living your life, and you're not living like you're on the edge, you're not living love. Love is all out. It has no defense. It doesn't say that, ah, if I don't make it here, this is my plan B. You're living your plan A as if it's the only plan. You're living your plan A like it's your only plan. You're putting yourself forward every morning committed to what you've decided to be committed to 
because you don't believe there is any ulterior solution. That's love. You can tell someone who loves what they're doing. It looks like it's the only thing they can do and they're committed to it. You see that there? That's called obedience of command. So don't go around hugging people to think that you'll be in, you're in love if you're hugging. <laughs> I just hugged my sister this morning and I said good morning. And I said, are you beautiful? You're beautiful, ma. I'm beautiful. We're all beautiful. You're lit. I'm lit. That's not love. That's expression of um, likeness. I like you. You're a good guy or good girl, whatever. The love that breaks barrier is conscious. It knows fully well this is reckless behavior, but this is all we want to do. This is what I'm going to live for. This is it. This is how I die. We die here. That's love. <laughs> I'm going all out for this thing. That's love. Go on, Pastor. In this is love. In this is love. Not that we loved God. Yes. But that he loved us. That's so powerful. So look at this, though. It says even that the, the love wasn't even first from you. It's not just because you took on the command. You see, he loved you first, so he gave. Yeah, go on. And sent his son uh -huh. to be the appropriation. That is the atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering for our sins. So now I understand why Jesus will say, eat my flesh, drink my blood. He is the representation of the pill. He is the representation of the drug called love. So why Pastor Emma had to start off with belief is that you just need to believe in one thing for you to show that behavior. So not to complicate things. No one can love unless they believe in the one true God which is Jesus Christ. Because he is the one that demonstrated love to us. He demonstrated it. He showed us. He showed us what it looks like. He is one of one. There is no other patent for this drug. It does not exist anywhere else. It is not in Islam and it is not in Buddhism. It is only in Christ that you can find this one drug of love that gives you an untampered love for people and an untampered love for God, you will be full in that knowing. And this love will make you push through. It is the reckless love. Untampered. It is confident. It preaches the good news of the word. Through its life, through your life, you will be committed to show a new dynamic of young leaders. Because you're so much in love. You're obeying the command of love because love is God. If you're to be limitless, you'd have you're, you're going to be a subscriber to this drug called love. You must have your own pack, your own subscription. You should never run out. You should be inhaling at every point. David said that I, I so long for your word. Your commands are boundless. 
they have no limits he's speaking as someone who constantly does not miss any day to ingest and to inhale god's command of love it is through that belief but go on read for me though beloved if god so loved us in this incredible way where are you reading from first john 4 11 amplified okay go on beloved if god so loved us in this incredible way yes we also ought to love one another yes no one has seen god at huh. any time no one has seen god at any time but if we love one another oh my days. with unselfish concern yes god abides in us yes and his love the love that is his essence abides in us yes and is completed the love that is his essence meaning the love that is him uh-huh abides in us and is completed and perfected in us <laughs> by this we know with confident assurance that we abide in him and he in us because he has given to us his holy spirit okay read that verse 12 again though i want that verse 12 no one has seen god no one has seen god and we round up from here if you are to be limitless it says no man has seen god at any time someone says james i was just praying in my room and the lord appeared god appeared to me and has sent me forth to the nations <laughs> james if you hear that just tell the person guy you're hungry go and eat okay so you can stop hallucinating you're hungry no man has seen has at any time yet seen god but if we love one another god does what abides in amanda and lives he lives and remains in us so you put yourself there he lives and remains in Amanda and his love, that love which is essentially his. The closest point to God would then be you. Do you understand? Because they've not seen him, but if you can live by that love, then you become the closest representation of him. He said, then that love which is essentially his is brought to completion. Why? To its full maturity runs its full course is perfected in us it's saying here it's brought to completion meaning people can then now see the god you're talking about because you're living the life of him god abides lives and remains in us and his love i, I want you to go forward in this seriousness um leaders as i begin to round up Limit, being limitless is not impossible as we've seen from scripture you can do more than you're doing now you don't need to get older you don't need to wait for 2022 you don't need to set a new year resolution it's a mind switch you don't even need to wait for a feeling and that's why i was careful to tell you it is not a feeling it is not, ah, oh man, I just wish I'm in love with God, you know. No, you don't need to be rolling on the floor in worship. It's not when you see someone rolling on the floor in worship, you say, wow, they just love God. What is wrong with me? Why don't I love God so much? 
No, it's not demonstrated that way. Neither is it demonstrated because you sow 10 pounds and someone else sows a million pounds. It is not demonstrated that way. It is a command. And it is hinged on how obsessed are you with God and people. Jesus said your whole mind, strength, everything should be on God. That obsession will lead you to actions of reckless behavior. It will lead you to be reckless. It will allow you to behave like God. It is the love intoxication. You behave like God in this world and you're just doing reckless things. And those reckless things are seen like as results. People will say, how are you getting such awesome results, such marvelous results? They don't know. A reckless man, this man is in love. He's just being reckless. He's in love. You see, because it's not a feeling, they can't even say, oh, beast, we see how you love God so much. I note that whenever I see someone who people say they love God so much, they have the least result. That your auntie, she loves God so much. Why does she have the least result though, mom? Why is she suffering? That is not the love God talking about. It's an obsession. You choose to put something first before something else. You're obsessed. The whole world was obs- is obsessed. Some people are well obsessed. I give you an example. A whole new currency broke out into in this realm. Why? Someone was so much in love. He said, I introduced this to the economy because I believe the banks cannot be trusted. Let us protect ourselves because of an awareness of other people. If your mind switches to other people, it does not mean that you will not benefit. Sometimes we think if we're fo- if I'm just focused on myself, I will get... No, that's not what scripture says. Actually, for you to draw power and do more results, take on the mind and burden of others. If you just think for yourself, you only produce results for yourself. Amazing results comes when I have many people in mind. Amazing result comes when I have Jaden in mind. Amazing result is when I clock, I lead a hundred people in Nepal's family. Amazing result comes when I know I wake up this morning and I'm just not just living for me. There is a thousand other people I'm living for. They, they're clocking my behavior. They want to see what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say. Amazing result comes when you have others in mind. That is the love God is talking about. Christ knows that unless he remains in that love, he cannot see through the action of dying for others. Others have to be on his heart. The burden of others has to be on his heart. That is the life that David displayed. That if I'm going to war for me or if I'm going to war for Israel, his first words are, who is this that defies the army of the living God? You want to speak against God's people, Goliath makes a 13-year-old boy angry enough to slay a giant. It's that kind of love. That thing will make you so mad reckless. You'll be doing some mad stuff. You just believe that Amelia can't defend herself, so I'm, I'm here standing in the gap for Amelia. Have you seen a mother hen defend her chicks? She can't fight. You can just grab the hen and cut its throat. 
what makes a hen challenge a human when you come towards her young ones the ones that she believes that they can't back themselves she's gonna charge at you she don't she could not care how big you are the same thing when pt speaks about the lion he he the lion crowned himself king of the jungle he crowned himself he's not the biggest elephant should be able to trample on him rhino should be able to charge him out the but his mind this love thing is a mind it's it's a mind reckless mind but it can only be there you can only have that recklessness if you love love is what pushes you to do things you that are beyond your understanding when you're in love beyond your understanding you're doing some things you, you didn't even clock when you did that it's not in your normal nature to do something but when you're in love you did that thing so the world can make a replica of love and show you love but we've seen love god is love that's how you guys prosper that's how you grow as leaders if you're always conscious of two things your love for god and your love for people you're aware of that from a tender age you're making decision according to those lines i'm telling you where they tell you there's resistance you will go for the sake of those people and your god you will go if you have those written that written in your heart there is no resistance you will accept exists you will refuse it because your god is love and your god will refuse it within you god himself will tell you no we're not doing this <laughs> are you with me guys I don't know how we pray this afternoon. How do we pray on this though? <laughs> it's not an understanding prayer. It is, I think we're still then going to just make commitment. In that space of commitment, that's how I want you to pray. A commitment and a resolve to know him. Just say, okay. I just want to know you. You're the first one ever intoxicated by this love to do something crazy. You die for the world. So I want to know you. I want to see how you, you are driven to such behavior. I want to know you. To know him is to win. It's the ultimate win. When you know him, when you start to clock his behavior and then you pattern yourself according to it. I want to know him. I allow you to pray now, but pray, pray in all consciousness. Don't, don't pray in the spirit. I want you to pray in English in your all consciousness because I want you to declare this within your heart. I want to know him, to see him and to know him. I want to know you more. I want to know you more, Lord. I, I, I accept that every manner of victory you have, God, is by your trait called love. Your limitlessness is because you love so much. Your borderlessness is because you love so much. Your inability to say no is because you love so much. The reason why you've conquered the grave is because you loved so much. You did not allow death to hold you down because you knew if you remain in the grave, I only have no, nothing to look up to. I have no leader, no mentor. 
So you had to rise from the grave because you love me so much. I need to understand how you behave. I need to understand you. I need you to keep praying now. I'll allow you to pray for a few minutes.